You're listening to the Podcasting for Influence podcast. The reason why I'm telling this to you is because this bonus episode that you are listening to right now is an episode that was initially created for one of my previous podcasts called the Podcast Interview Mastery Show that I hosted from September 2020 to March 2021 until I decided to launch the Podcasting for Influence podcast. So I just wanted to let you know that since these bonus episodes were initially created for the podcast interview mastery show, you will hear that podcast official intro and outro, so just don't be surprised. Basically, I didn't change anything in terms of the content. I just decided to release these older episodes on the Podcasting for Influence podcast as well, because I believe that the information can be really helpful, especially for those of you who have interview shows. In these bonus episodes, you can learn more about interviewing and hosting skills from incredible podcasters such as Jordan Harbinger, John Lee Dumas, David Hooper, Dave Jackson, just to name a few. You see, in order to become more influential, you have to conduct great interviews, interviews that elicit insights that your listeners deeply resonate with. So with interviews, you have to be able to create content that inspires your listeners and helps them achieve their goals and overcome their struggles. So without any further ado, my friend, please enjoy today's podcast interview mastery bonus episode on the Podcasting for Influence podcast. And when I talk about having a story within a podcast, what you're trying to do is you're trying to take where that person was, what their life was like, what he thought would happen, why he was that way, connect that with where he is now, and then talk about how he got there. So everybody's got that kind of story. You kind of started out with it. You said, how did you get started in radio? Or how did you get started in podcasting? What is your story there? Are you ready to become a world-class interviewer, stand out with your podcast, and create an incredible audio experience for your listeners so that they keep coming back to your show and become raving fans? Welcome to the Podcast Interview Mastery, a weekly interview show where you will hear world-class podcast hosts and interviewers share their stories, tips, and strategies on how to become a master interviewer and hone your craft as a host. Are you ready to boost your confidence and inspire the masses? If so, buckle up, my friend, because this podcast will show you how. I'm your host, Tibor Nod, founder and host of the top-ranked Mindset Horizon podcast. Welcome, my friend, back to the podcast interview mastery show. I'm super grateful for you tuning into this podcast today. I really hope that today's episode is going to be highly valuable to you. But before we dive in, I wanted to mention that I've created a Facebook group called the Podcast Interview Nation Community, where we can support each other along the way to the top. If you feel inspired to join this community of dedicated podcast hosts who are serious about their show and aiming to become world-class, join the community at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash interview nation. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash interview nation. I'm more than excited to welcome you and connect with you in the Facebook group. And now let me introduce today's guest. So today I am joined by none other than David Hooper, who is a media marketing expert based in Nashville, Tennessee. He specializes in helping individuals and companies build audiences via broadcasting and podcasting. 
His latest book is Big Podcast, How to Grow Your Podcast Audience, Build Listener Loyalty, and Get Everybody Talking About Your Show. At the beginning of today's episode, we talk about David's journey with podcasting, the most important hosting skills, and the importance of silence, curiosity, rapport, and humility to become a better interviewer. In the middle of the episode, we dive deeper into storytelling and David shares how you can structure your interviews as a story and what the hero's journey is. Closer to the end, David explains the magic of audio and why he recommends conducting audio-only interviews over video interviews, especially if you are aiming to create an audio podcast. If you want to find out more about today's guest, then check out the free resources, interview tips, book recommendations, and detailed show notes. Simply head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. That's again, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. And so without any further ado, let's welcome today's incredible guest. Hi, David, and welcome to the Podcast Interview Mastery Show. Thank you. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I am super excited. I was planning for this conversation. I did my research. I was super excited to talk to someone uh, like you about podcasting. And I'm excited to start this conversation with your journey. So talk to us a little bit about your journey with podcasting. And more importantly, why did you start podcasting in the first place? Well, if you want to take it way back... I started in radio. I went to college for music and I thought an easy way for me to play my music on the radio was to work at the radio. So quickly found out that was not allowed. You can't play your own music on the radio, (laughs) but I stuck it out and I got into music marketing, uh, not being a musician, but for 20 something years, I was in music marketing and a lot of what we do in music marketing is radio. So I was always around it, but my more modern journey in radio. That was back in the early 90s and mid 90s. Uh, In 2005, I started a syndicated talk radio show. And it just so happened that I had heard this guy named Dave Jackson, that you might know from the school of podcasting. He was a musician. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he had a newsletter for musicians and he had started this podcast for musicians just a couple months before. And I'm in this radio pitch meeting and I'm talking about the syndicated show that I want to do. And they're like, what are your plans for marketing it? And I said, well, there's this thing called a podcast. And explained what I thought a podcast was to them. And they said, hmm, a podcast, huh? And that's how it started. We got me on the radio. And that was uh, an, an offshoot of the radio show was podcasting. And then eventually podcasting became its own thing. And, and for me, podcasting is much bigger than radio now, even though I still do a weekly show. Wow, that's really amazing. So talk to us a little bit more about your shows and what motivates you to keep going and focusing on podcasting. The thing I love about podcasting that we don't really have with radio is, so I'll give you an example. Right after this interview, I'm going on the radio mm-hmm. and on the line, I will have my engineer and on the line, I will have my producer and on the line, I'll have my guest because during the coronavirus outbreak, we're having to do all of this remotely. So we've got four different places that are all connecting via the internet. And uh, that's a lot of uh, opinions, right? I mean, the guest, obviously, just you you and the guest, I mean, it really should be like a one-way conversation, but it ends up being an engineer and a producer. And we've got a program director, and we've got the station manager, and we've got advertising people. And 
I think that's fine. I mean, radio was great. And radio certainly has, in a lot of ways, put me on the map when it comes to podcasting. But the thing I love about mm -hmm. podcasting is you can really connect to people one-on-one. -on -one. We were talking before you and I started rolling tape, you're in Hungary and I'm in Nashville, mm -hmm. Tennessee. And we would have never met if it weren't for podcasting. We would never be able to do this remote thing where it sounds like we're in the same room, even though we're on the other sides of the world. And you can do that in radio, but you just have to have, uh, you know, it's a lot more complicated. It's not as easy as, uh, you know, hey, Tibor, let's get on, on the line and, and make a podcast. Wow. I, I love that speed of implementation that we could do a podcast right now, this instant, and the next hour have it to everybody in the world. Anybody could listen to it. Wow, that's beautiful. And um, this is my experience as well, because as you can imagine, someone from Europe, or this is this is me, this is my life, my experience. I always wanted to master the English language. I wanted to talk to native speakers. I was thinking about moving to the U.S. or actually not other uh, English-speaking countries, but mainly the U.S. So anyway, mm -hmm. podcasting made it possible for me. <laughs> so it's just like... You know, I mainly interview people from the U.S. and I'm really grateful for for you, for all the experts who come on the show. It's just uh, such a great medium, to be honest. Well, now I'm even more impressed because I, I didn't really put it two and two together that English is not your first language. It's and not. I'm like, wow, this now I'm blown away that you're jumping in like this. I think that's a great thing for a podcaster. I think for us to jump in and take chances and take risks. Somebody once told me, and I just speak a little bit of Spanish from high school, you know, not mm. much. I wish I'd stuck yeah. out. But he said this, he said that if you want to get good at a foreign language, second language, maybe third, fourth, you've got to be good with jumping in and comfortable with making mistakes. You've got to take chances because that's how you find that, you know, what you're saying is not grammatically correct or it's not correct or you're saying something completely different than you thought that you were. And yeah. I think podcasting is one of those things too. So uh, obviously uh, that's a skill set that you brought to podcasting already. You're not worried about jumping in so much, maybe as some people are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, David, I wanted to uh, practice. I wanted to improve my English skills. So that was one of the reasons, but very personal reasons why I started podcasting. So I started a little bit more than one year ago when I kind of like explored a medium. and. Uh, you know, my vision was to become a speaker, become better at uh, English. And so that's, that was one of the personal reasons why I started podcasting. And the reason why, you know, we are talking about this and the reason why I'm launching this new show, Podcast Interview Master, is I want to support aspiring and early stage podcasters to become better at what they do and become more confident I was very unconfident because of the language mainly. Maybe it's connected to some other insecurities as well. But more importantly, you became an expert on this topic. So I'm super grateful for you today. You have written a book. It's called Big Podcast, Grow Your Podcast Audience, Build Listener Loyalty, and Get Everybody Talking About Your Show. And one thing I wanted to focus on, obviously, is you know the skills that podcasters need to acquire to become better hosts. So what do you think are the most important skills needed to become a great host? Well, we just hit on one in that yeah. you're going to have some, some things come out of your mouth that maybe don't land well. 
people aren't going to understand what you're saying or the guests won't understand your question or <laughs> you know it's not going to go as smoothly in real life as you thought it would in your head. Mm. So I think that's yeah. the first one, being comfortable with that, being uncomfortable with those weird moments, being uncomfortable with silence is part of that. Asking a question and being quiet rather than leading a guest on. And a lot of times you will hear that, especially in what I call like news, uh, news entertainment networks, for example, not really like journalism, but, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, talk radio these days, sometimes you'll listen to an interview on the radio. And I bring this up because this is where a lot of podcasters learn how to interview by listening to others. And you will hear people host that lead the guest on. That's not necessarily the best way to get a great interview. It does give you like a flow. You can control the interview and lead the guest mm -hmm. on and kind of tell him what to say through the questioning. But if you're mm -hmm. quiet, the guest could go anywhere. And, and that kind of takes it back to what I was saying earlier in that you've got to be comfortable with wherever this thing's going to go. And I can certainly tell you stories about when things went horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get into those. We'll get into those. <laughs> but you you trust, though, like for you, Tibor, it's, uh, it's at least your second language. It could be a, a third or fourth. I don't want to assume that you only know two languages. But <laughs> there, there are probably some things that you maybe wouldn't understand or references as well as I would just being a native speaker, but you've got to mm -hmm. trust that whatever comes out of the guest's mouth, that you're going to be fine. You can ask for clarification or um, you, you can be quiet, you know, yourself and, and think about stuff. You can always go back and you can edit the tape. I think just getting comfortable with that because it's, it's not perfect. You know that from taping all these episodes that you've done that the final product is heavily edited a lot of times. And people think that you're very smooth on the mic probably a lot smoother than you are. Certainly happens to me that way. Editing is a, is a big question. So, you know, a lot of podcasters want to outsource, for example, editing and post-production. And I don't know if it's recommended, for example. I'm curious about your, your thoughts on that. Well, it's nice because it gets done. If you can outsource it, that's going to make sure that it gets done. And I think a lot of times we as hosts, you know, we're we're exhausted from being on the mic or planning the episode or something. And it's yeah. easy for us to stack up interviews without editing them. I know for me right now, I've got seven or eight episodes that I need to get out because I, I like to edit my own podcast. Why I okay. do that. And that's, that's the reason that I, I recommend this is because that makes me a better host. It okay. gets you very familiar with filler words like, and so, you know, know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it gets you very familiar with that. And also because you were there in the room, you are the one who really needs, like, as I'm hosting a podcast, for example, I'm editing in my head. If I go in a direction that maybe didn't work, I say, okay, I'm going to chop that out. It's not just a technical edit. It's an edit for story. It's an edit for timing. Because sometimes you have those things like, well, you know, I, I really kind of went off on a tangent here and, and that's not going to be good for the episode. I want to get to the meat a little bit better. So I, I think it's good to make you a better host. I, I think that the important thing is it gets done. So if you're not going to do it, just admit it. But if you want to get good at podcasting, I would suggest definitely edit first 50 or 100 episodes, if not, if not continuing, continuing to edit. 
that's a really great advice to be honest with you when i started podcasting i edited my own episodes um and it helped me with raising awareness around how i say things yeah and nowadays i don't do that and i think that awareness uh disappeared a little bit maybe it's also a good thing to to listen to your episodes at least if you don't edit like i usually sometimes do i listen to the episodes of my own podcast so to speak i think it's good for that i think it's good and this is the benefit of having somebody else in the room with you like an engineer to take it back to the silence that i was talking about and being comfortable with the silence i had an engineer tell me very early on when i went back to radio in 2005 and he said mm-hmm. you're talking over the guest it's making my edits difficult but it's cutting the guest off and it's probably this is why oh. he did and this was why i was doing it because you're so worried about the silence you're worried about that dead air because they will scare the bejesus out of you on radio say no oh, don't don't have dead air don't have dead air people think the station is off and they'll turn they'll turn the channel <laughs> we don't have to worry about that with yeah. podcasting. Again, we can always cut that out. It's not live radio, but it is yeah. weird. It is weird. Like, hello, hello, you still there? Especially when you're doing a remote <laughs> thing. You don't know if you've dropped the connection. audio only. Yeah. You don't know. And it's just, it's awkward. I, I think that mm-hmm. we're used to a, a noisy world and sometimes we don't listen and we're not comfortable with those silence, that silence. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I think you talk about this in your book to some extent when you talk about the editing and you can edit. So that gives podcasters a confidence when they are starting out, because when someone starts out, they don't necessarily know these things, I I guess, you know, that you can edit. So for example, I remember when when I started out, I didn't know that I can edit. So when I mean, of course, I knew that I can edit, but I didn't know how much flexibility I have with editing and post-production. So, you know, I could re-record my voice, my questions and all of these things. So it's not not that everything that I say here is going to be in the episode. Yeah, it's not one of those things like getting up in front of a live audience where if you make a mistake, everybody's going to see it. If you make a mistake... If it's just you, you don't have a guest. You're the only one who knows. And if you make a mistake with a guest, the guest knows. Or maybe the guest doesn't know. You're the only one who knows it anyway because people don't notice our mistakes like we notice our own. But you know, you mentioned the book. And speaking of mistakes, that book, the audiobook version of finished audio after it was edited is over 10 hours long. If I had to estimate how many times I re-recorded elements of it or mess something up you know the finished tape that i had before the edit was uh, man probably it it had to have been at least 30 hours wow tape of me running my mouth because there were things that i would phrase differently or i would flub a word or just not enunciate it i make mistakes all the time yeah I I think it's funny, though, because like I said, people say, oh, you're so smooth on the mic. I was like, well, obviously, you've never actually been in the studio with me (laughs) because I'm not. But speaking of interviewing, though, that's one of the things that can make the guest feel at ease. If you can have that honesty and say, you know, I'm going to mess things up, too, and then make a mistake Mm. before the guest does, that's going to make your guest feel at ease. So that could actually be a pro. 
you know, a, a good thing for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, these are great insights. And one of the things uh, that stood out for me in your book was when you talked about knowledge and curiosity. And in the podcasting world, when it comes to interviews, we hear a lot about curiosity, being curious as an interviewer and things like that. So what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, you have to be curious because that's how you're going to ask the great questions. You said some stuff to me and I followed up on it. Hey, is English, English is your second language. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, we, yeah. we talked about um, some things before the tape was even rolling. Just to get us connected is pretty amazing because we're so many hours apart as far as time zones. Yeah. So yeah. I'm finding out a little bit about you. You're finding out a little bit about me and that builds rapport. But a lot of people would think, wow, this is a podcast about podcasting. That, that doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. It's mm. little bitty things that connect us with people and show our humanity and show their humanity. That curiosity, it's not just for the stuff you're talking about as far as the topic goes. It could be for everything. And I think that's what makes people connect to us. They're thinking yeah. about those things too. Like, how do these guys do it? They're on the other side of the world. They sound like they're in the same room. How are they doing that? <laughs> well, here's how we do it. So I, I think by following that, rather than just, you know, it'd be so boring if you were to ask questions like, how did you get started? What kind of mic do you use? What are you, you know, what did you eat for breakfast? I don't know. But without yeah. going into those little bitty flourishes, that little bitty curiosity and letting somebody know something about you or asking them something different about themselves. It, and of course, curiosity is, we could probably do a, an entire series series about that. Oh, but, absolutely. But yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's nothing to be, I put that in the book because I think it's important, but I also put that in the book because I think that, especially for people, as you mentioned, you've got brand new podcasters and people that are trying to be better interviewing, listening to this podcast. It, it's not something to ignore. I think people feel like when they step into a podcast studio that they have to be perfect and they have to ask questions that make them sound smart, not necessarily worrying about answers mm -hmm. or what listeners are thinking. They're just worried about their own stuff. But if you're curious about it, your audience is curious about it too. So I think it's a great thing just to lean into. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, when it comes to questions, nowadays I was listening to some of the tips from Larry King and, you know, he said his secret was that he was dumb. So <laughs> I was like, you know, I have to be very comfortable of being or seeming to be dumb on the yeah. podcast. Yeah, because it's not about me, right? So this is my insecurity when I when I think to myself, you know, oh, I don't want to be seen as dumb and as a non-expert on the podcast or something like that. I have to be I have to become my audience. This is what I feel. So when there's something I don't know, I have to ask, right? And even if I know, I might have to ask because I have to think about my audience. This is what I think at least. Uh, when it comes to serving the audience, maybe you have some thoughts on that. Yeah. Even if you ask something that I already know, sometimes I think that can put you back into a mindset of when that person didn't know. So for example, you asked that question, I already know it, but it takes me back to when I didn't mm -hmm. about, 
and maybe and maybe it's not even a question. Maybe it's just your excitement about it. Like I think about yeah. I mentioned going to school for music, and yeah. one of the things I've always tried to keep in mind. I don't play on a regular basis now, but I try to remember what it was like not to be able to play. Just like for you, you remember what it was like when you didn't speak English as well as you do now, and mm. what a gift it was wow. to be able to do it, and really keeps you focused. It's like, oh man, this is this is amazing. And we live in an amazing world. And I think that sometimes asking those questions, which you would maybe refer to as dumb questions or just beginner questions, sometimes that can bring people back into that mindset. And I think that can be a real service. So you should never worry about asking, you know, a question you feel like is at uh, a very beginner level. With that said, I, I do think it's important for a host to do research. You talked about doing research before you had me on and before you have other yeah. guests on. So I think you know, you don't want to have like a fact finding mission. Imagine like brain surgery. You don't want to just chop open the skull and start poking around in there. You kind of need to do an MRI and map that thing out and know what part of the brain you're going to go to. <laughs> do yeah. some free work, you know, but don't worry about uh, jumping in there, following tangents, asking questions. You can always edit it out if it doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, that's a, big topic I actually wanted to dive a little bit deeper into because, you know, curiosity reminded me of preparation and how much preparation I should do because I can imagine that people over-prepare, you know, yeah. hours and that can be just a lot of work if you have a lot of guests on the well, show. Well, you want to tell you some stories? We, we talked about having those uh, bad interviews and stories from the studio. We can definitely dive into it on that yeah. topic. When I started in radio 2005, what I call serious radio, this is when I had the syndicated show. And mm -hmm. the way I did that, I wasn't the most qualified host, except for I did have that specialized knowledge. I had that curiosity, I had the marketing background and I knew people. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a radio DJ. So I'm in there with an engineer who's very busy and he's editing, putting the mics and getting us all hooked up as far as the audio goes. I'm in there with a producer, also very busy. I really didn't know those guys. They're great friends now, 15 something years after working together. <laughs> but I was nervous. So what I would do, there's two things here, because you talked about guests or hosts rather being nervous about asking questions. I, I did two things. One, at least the first 10 episodes, I brought my friends in, people I already knew and I had some knowledge of and I had some rapport with. So I knew something about mm -hmm. them that I might not have known otherwise if they were just coming in off the street. The second thing that I did is, this is an hour-long show. And with radio, it's not so much common in podcasts and we run everything in segments. So I'll say, mm -hmm. all right, we're back. David Hooper here, Nashville, Tennessee. And then I go into the segment and go, all right, that was, that was Tybor. He's from Budapest, Hungary. When we come back, I'm going to talk to Tybor and I go out of the segment, right? Then we do a commercial and I come back in, go out, and we do about four of those sections. So what I would do is I would have my introduction announcing the show. I would have an introduction for you each segment. Mm -hmm. I would have an outro for you each segment. And in between, I would have question one, question two, question three, where I thought the questioning would go. Wow. What I learned very quickly is that all hell breaks loose after you ask that first question. I still had the intros and the outros, thank God. <laughs> because I could just read them better <laughs> than I could think of off the top of my head. 
But once you ask that question, you think you're going to go somewhere. You think your guest is going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. says something completely different, especially in my business, because my show is about the music industry. I'm interviewing a bunch of crazy musicians. And yeah, they'll be, awesome. they're artistes. And they will go in a crazy direction that you're not expecting. And <laughs> we, can, we can get into this, but ev- eventually you have to start trusting yourself, as I mentioned, I think earlier about no matter where they yeah. go, you're going to follow. And you're going to be able to wrangle them in and bring them back to your outline. But, uh, you know, you do what you need to do to get through those interviews. And I think that's fine. If you need to record your intro, your outro, the bio, if you need to write down the questions, I think that's fine. I think there needs to be some kind of flexibility. Uh, They build these tall buildings, you know, these skyscrapers, and they're not rigid structures. They blow in the wind and Mm -hmm. they'll go... I want to say uh, like the St. Louis Arch, if you're familiar with it, the Washington Monument, some of these things will go several inches. Uh, They blow in the wind because if they were too static, they would snap in half and they would break. And that's how you need to be as as a host. You you can't be so stiff that you're going to snap in half. You got to just go with it, baby, and just trust that it's going to be okay. And if it doesn't, that's a good story too. And we can get into those stories a little bit later on in this talk, but let's let's finish up on this talk uh, now as far as, preparing um you prepared i mean you sent me some some notes and uh there are a few questions there but have, have we even stuck to them i haven't really looked at the notes this is what i wanted to share actually with you okay. with listeners that um <laughs> you know since i started podcasting i have been always preparing outlines questions but i I don't really stick to that. And I, I started telling my guests, you know, in the email that I send out before the interview that I also go with the flow in the conversation. So kind of don't be surprised if I'm not asking the questions in the outline, which is what I experienced I do because, well, it's interesting because first I don't stick to the questions. And I think you're right. The first question is there. And then after the first question is just like, a, you know, a big something and we go here and there, but I try to keep the focus. And I think in your book, for example, you talked about this, that you want to kind of have a North star for one guest. So what, what you want to bring out of that guest. Yeah. And then some three bullet points that you have for the interview uh, instead of having questions, but it's rather for you as a host, I guess. So one North star where I'm, I'm not sure you didn't say North Star, so you didn't call it North Star. It was something else. Well, you, you've got a topic. You've got a uh, very spe- specific thing. Like for this example right here, this is called mm. podcast interview mastery. So we're talking about podcast interviewing. You and I could talk yeah. about a lot of things. You're a personable guy. I'm a personable guy. We could go off on a crazy tangent, but that's not in service of the listener. So I, I think thinking like that, what do listeners listen to this podcast for? It's not just for me and you just to chit chat, we need to be talking yeah. about a very specific thing. But with that said, I, I think I said this quote in the book. And if I didn't, it's worth it. Uh, Mike Tyson, famous boxer. He said, everybody's got a plan to you get punched in the face. And mm. I love that because we go into a podcast studio or recording studio and we've got a plan. We need to have a topic, right? And we need to have a focus like Mike Tyson. He wants to win that boxing match, but how he's going to do it who knows? Not after yeah. not after that How? first punch. Yeah. 
Um, with that said, let me uh, mention this. I've got an Instagram account. If you're curious about looking at some of these episode notes, it's Big Podcast One, and I actually post the notes that I take in the studio, and you'll see how I plan everything out. This is not mm-hmm. something that I give to a guest, but it's typed, and then you will see a bunch of squiggly lines, and you will see uh, arrows and stars and fourth segment, and third segment, and me naming names and me. Uh, doing stuff that I need for the intros and the outros, uh, you can see actually how I, I do this. And I found that that's a great way to connect with listeners because listeners want to know about you. They are curious about your insight and how you prepare for things. And mm. uh, they can kind of see how the sausage gets made, if you will. And that makes them even more interested in the final product because now they know how it was made. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for sharing that. And Speaking of interviews, I also wanted to get into an exciting topic. One thing that you've mentioned in the book was the story, that the interview is a story. Maybe it's something that can be new uh, for somebody. I think this is a great point and, and concept for podcast hosts. So would you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, there's something called Hero's Journey, and I give the elements of that within the mm-hmm. book. The simplified version of that is usually something like this when it comes to podcasts is you have a guest who started at one place and ended up in another place. So let's say that you have a weight loss podcast or a fitness podcast. You have a guest Mm. and that guest used to be 300 pounds. Now that guest is half of that. It's 150 pounds. Now that's the story. Yeah, used to be 300 pounds, but it's not the story. There are details along the way. And when I talk about having a story within a podcast, what you're trying to do is you're trying to take where that person was, what their life was like, what he thought would happen, why he was that way, connect that with where he is now, what his life is now that he's lost half the weight, and then talk about how he got there. So everybody's got that kind of story. You kind of started out with it. You said, how did you get started in radio? How did you get started in podcasting? What is your story there? And right now we're in that part where we're, we're this is the, the nougat, right? This is the inside of the candy bar. We're getting into the, the sticky things. I'm talking about this is what went well. This is what didn't go well. These are the lessons that I've learned. But eventually we're going to move on, wrap this thing up in a nice bow. And you'll say something like, all right, David, where can we find out more information about you? And I'll say something like, well, I've got a book. At Amazon, it's called Big Podcast, and I've got a website called BigPodcast.com. This is where I am now, and that wrap, wraps everything up in a nice bow. So that's what I mean by story. But within that, we could even analyze this interview that there are stories within the story. Like I talked about mm-hmm. walking into the radio station. I talked about having a guest in or, or walking into the studio even and having the uh, the uh, engineer or the producer act a certain way toward me and tell me certain things. There's little stories within that. So it's it's one of those uh, fractal kind of things. It just keeps dividing itself. And uh, you got a big story, an overall arcing, arching arc of it. And you have uh, little stories within. And that's what keeps people interested. Like I said, just the the facts and figures, statistics. I was 300 pounds. Now I'm 150 pounds. Eh, Not that interesting. (laughs) But what connects you to the journey and, and the humanity of it? That's where it gets interesting because people see themselves in, in your stories and the stories of your guest. 
Yeah, you know, I think it's really, really interesting because first and foremost, this concept or this notion of creating a story with interviews, I don't know, it's story uh, storytelling or this is one of the reasons I'm, I'm starting this podcast. So I, I'm on this journey as well with the listeners. But, um, you know, it's an interesting concept. And when you, for example, we talked about the interview uh, preparation and outline and questions, what I did for my other podcast, Mindset Horizon, was rather an interview flow where I actually was following a, a story concept, but I didn't know it was. So I, I wanted to start in the past. I talked about, you know, we talked about the guests' expertise in the present, what they do, and and some, mm-hmm. uh, you know, educational uh, stuff, and then basically the future. This is what I am trying to use here as well but this is something i also want to improve based on the new knowledge well you're doing it though you're you're probably doing it without even realizing it if we think about a movie right instead of going in a linear thing the man was born the man lived the man died that's linear just Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't get much more simple than that as far as the timeline goes but if you think about a movie that you watch where we're in the year 2000 and then there's a flashback to mm-hmm. 1970. And then there's a flashback mm-hmm. to 1960. Then they're off in the future to 2020. Yeah. That's what you're doing. You're jumping around. And if you can find a way to do that, I, I think that's actually a much more compelling way to tell a story. One of the things that I like to do is start with where the person is now. Because I'm interviewing, again, a lot of musicians. Mm-hmm. And the one mm-hmm. thing that musicians hate is that if you go back to the hit that they had in 1975 and everybody asks them about that hit, they want to talk about mm. what they're doing now. So I'm going to start mm. with where they are now. Not always, but let's just say for this hypothetical interview, start with where the person is now. Then we go back in time and we make sure we get that hit because that's what listeners want to hear. How did you come up with that big chorus? That's my favorite song. I was born to that song. You know, got married to that song. And then you go into the future. So that's what you're doing. And that's just another way to do it. The main thing is you just want to have a complete story to give people an idea of how things connect. It doesn't have to be every single detail, but how how the person connects. And and that's where that curiosity comes in. And that's where those little, little stories within the story come in. Wow, that's amazing. I love that. And I love audio and, and the storytelling because it helps improve your imagination, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, what's what we call the theater of the mind. And yeah, that's why people say the book is better than the movie because it allows you to visualize that. And yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, uh, I, we probably had some visualizations. Like if, if, so I'm in Nashville, Tennessee right now, Country Music USA, and <laughs> you're in Budapest, Hungary. If, if I say that thing, people are thinking, wow, that guy, wonder if that guy's got a cowboy hat. <laughs> and <laughs> you're in Budapest and, and people have their, their vision of that, right? So uh, the reality yeah. is we're, we're probably in a setup that isn't too different from each other. <laughs> that's really interesting. And yeah, that's the case. And, and that's why, I mean, imagination is great because yeah. you're listening to audio and then you just imagine it as you want. So, uh, yeah, well, that's one of the reasons I, I like doing audio rather than video. And I talk about this in the book a little bit is mm. that I, I think it's important for us to have those 
uh, those fantasies, right? I mean, if we just put everything up on YouTube where it's like a talking head, it's like, oh boy, it's the it's the same old thing. Every type of video yeah. you, you look at, but when you're listening to somebody's voice and you can really get connected to it, and there's this intimacy, and plus you can do other things while you're listening to it. It's such a powerful medium. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that that you like it, and I'm always thankful to do audio rather than see my. Uh, I mean, I'm recording to you from uh, or coming to you from a closet. It, it granted <laughs> wow. it's tricked out and it looks cool. You can look at it on the big podcast one Instagram, <laughs> but uh, at the end of the day, it's still a closet. It, at one time, it probably had clothes in it. So, <laughs> yeah, surrounded by clothes. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got I've got padding, I've got packing blankets, and uh, it's it's empty, but it's the same closet you would put clothes in. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. Uh, I had a guest on uh, who was a, a voiceover artist on the other podcast, Mindset Horizon, and she was recording her uh, voice in a closet as well. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's. I think it's it's great because of the audio, right? I mean, yeah, the acoustics. There's not a whole lot of echo, and the reason I even did some of the padding, honestly, is just for the for kind of for the wow factor. So. Uh, the padding I put up, it looks cool, but it's not even the best kind of padding, but it looks good on Instagram. You know, I'm playing that game too. But, uh, yeah. You know, and we're all telling a story. Sometimes we do it through audio. Sometimes we do it through photo and video. So, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and now we are telling the listeners that basically we are conducting audio-only interview right now. So I'm I'm just curious, when it comes to interviews, do you recommend you know, doing just audio or, or video, is there, is there anything that you would say to audio only recordings? Audio only is the best way to do it. And when I got the message from you that you wanted to interview, I don't even like to do video. Mm -hmm. I, I find it too exposed. I'm worried about how I look on it. I'm trying to worry about that aspect of it when I should be more worried about the message. So that's one thing. Yeah. But the other thing yeah. is, is why do video when your podcast is being consumed with audio? So for example, if I could see you right now, I'd be holding up that Instagram photo or I'd be holding up my episode notes for you. See, see, Tibor, see this? Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and then the listener would be like, what, what, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. By doing exactly. audio only, I've, I've got to describe it in the way the listener is consuming it. So I go go to Instagram.com slash Big Podcast One. You'll see it, right? I might yeah. I might miss that if it was audio only because it gets it gets too laid back, especially right now with so many people doing Zoom and a lot of mm. stuff because of coronavirus. Uh, yeah, we start to think that our podcasts are more like chats, and they are not. It is a, a separate art form, so we need to treat it yeah. as such. And this is one of those ways to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that you mentioned in the book was audio only improves your listening skills better or more. And I mean, I kept doing audio interviews, audio only interviews or recordings because I think I can get into this flow state more easily. As you said, I'm not worried about how I look, what I do or Right. You know, all those things. Right. I'm just listening. So I'm listening to it, you, right? Yeah. It, it's funny. You mentioned, uh, you said at the very beginning of this, and it probably got removed in the outtake. You said, as you can see, I'm I'm recording. And I had to, I'm not even facing my computer now. It's like, oh, I'm, really? I'm looking into a corner of a room. 
uh, the computer's <laughs> to my side and I've got a notepad, a clipboard in front of me. And I'm, you talk about being flow state, completely present. Mm. It, it's, it's the way, it's the way to go. And, uh, if you're nervous yeah. about that, you think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really more comfortable with audio because I'm not going to miss cues. It's like, well, you talk on the phone, right? We, at least we used to, maybe everybody's talking on FaceTime these days, <laughs> but <laughs> we're pretty comfortable with audio only. And it allows us to, uh, because of when we do audio only, we're using a thing called Zencaster to tape this mm -hmm. episode. And Zencaster is going to have better quality than if we were to send video through as well. And they had to start compressing the audio. So that's another reason to do audio only because yeah. Zoom is really made for audio, made for video and audio is an afterthought. With a podcast, you want to focus on the quality of the audio as much as you can. Not that you need to be a nerd, but if you're going to say it, you might as well record it correctly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh, David, that's that's a great point. And as we are coming to the end of the episode, uh, I was wondering if you have anybody in mind, a great interviewer or podcast host, you would recommend uh, people to listen to besides you and your show, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll give you, let me give you two. Let me let me tell you somebody not to listen to, at least to, not to manipulate. Not, I'm sorry, not, mm -hmm. to, not to emulate is the word. Um, the guy that I think is a really great interviewer that most people will know and he's easy to access is Howard Stern. Howard Stern was known for a long time in the United States, you know, the king of all media, shock jock, but he's an amazing interviewer. He got better at interviewing, asking questions. He's lived a life. He's got experience that he draws from. And he knows a lot of people and he knows a lot about things. So he can get people in and there's some way that he can, and I'd say this in a nice way, kind of like break them down to where their, their guard is just down a little bit and they answer these questions. And, and he is great. Like his uh, long form interviews, when he does them, and I don't think he does them nearly enough, are just mm -hmm, amazing. Mm -hmm. And he'll go deep and he'll ask questions that you haven't heard before. Terry Gross is another one. Mm. She's great. She's on uh, N NPR, National Public Radio. She's easy yeah. to uh, find. Terry Gross, just an amazing interviewer with 40, 50 years of interviewing skills. The interviewers that I would recommend you not emulate are the guys, I mentioned them earlier, like the guys on Fox News, Sean Hannity, awful. Awful, awful, awful. Talks over his guests, leads them mm -hmm. on, and mm -hmm. basically answers for them. Limbaugh is that way. A lot mm -hmm. of the more right-wing guys, they will I – mean, Limbaugh will actually have a caller call up. And he said, well, Rush, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling like the sky is blue. And, and Limbaugh will say, well, no, you know, I, I think what you actually mean is the sky is red. Because that's what we believe here. It goes, oh, yeah, you know what? You're right, Rush. You're right. You're, the, the sky is red. I, mega dittos. And he'll, yeah. <laughs> he, he doesn't <laughs> listen to his people. He tells them what to think. And I think there's oh. a, a completely different, wow. different skill set. If you're trying to be a great interviewer, I think what you want to do is ask the question and, and be quiet and, and listen and have a real conversation. Don't just tell people what to think. I think that's where. I mean that it's it's entertainment. I'm not saying that these Limbaugh is the highest paid radio DJ in the in the mm -hmm. in the world. He's in my book. 
He's a, you know, he's great at what he does, but what he does uh, not well is ask questions. He's not a great interviewer to manipulate. Or to, I'm sorry, I keep saying manipulate. Freudian slip, emulate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow, David, thanks for sharing that. It's it's really really valuable. And uh, before I ask my last question, please just tell the listeners where they can find you online. Bigpodcast.com. Everything is there. The book that you mentioned, it's got links to the podcast that I do, the Instagram. Mm-hmm. If you want to see the episode notes, you want to see behind the scenes of, of what happens here. And uh, yeah, it's all there. Bigpodcast.com. Yeah, absolutely. And you also have a podcast about interviews. So podcast interviews cool, if I'm not I mistaken. do, yeah. So- and, and that's actually, if you go to bigpodcast.com slash subscribe, all the podcasts that I do are there. Yeah, podcast interviewing school, 30 days to make you a better interviewer. I just give you one strategy a day to work on and give you some thoughts on that. That's free. So bigpodcast.com slash subscribe for that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And my last question is, what is your mission and what is your future vision for your podcasting journey? So I grew up in Nashville where, as I mentioned, Music City USA, uh, we make a living with our creativity here. I knew a lot of songwriters. When I was going to school every morning, I would drive down streets we called Music Row. And Music Row was publishing companies and it's recording studios. And I took it for granted that people could make a living with their creativity, with their message, mm-hmm. with entertainment. It wasn't until I moved away from Nashville that I realized like, man, the rest of the world may not be like this. You know, people think they've got to work in a factory. People think they've got to push pencils and do calculations and things. And one of the things that I've tried to do with my podcasts where, whether it's the one about the music business specifically, or whether it's uh, Red, which is a podcast for experts, or the Build a Big Podcast, which is a podcast for podcasters. One of the things that I try to do is say like, no, this is possible. It is possible for you to make a living with your specialized knowledge, to spread your message, to make the world a better place. And I want, I'm going to help you do that. I'm going to help you get more people to listen. I'm going to help you if you're doing live events when we can do those, get more people in the audience. I'm going to help you make more money so you can make all this happen. That's the big Mm -hmm. goal of all of these things. And that's the underlying thread. That's one of the reasons that I wanted to do the podcast book, because I think podcasting is such a great way to do that. I think it's amazing. It is so, I mean, I'm talking to you on, I don't, I don't, I mean, I've got some nice stuff in here. I might have, uh, I joke around that the, the audiobook was recorded on $500 worth of equipment, and it was. So I'm, I'm just a few hundred dollars worth of equipment. And yeah. uh, that's, that's it. I want to show that it's possible. I think it's possible for a lot of people. I, I think that if we listen to each other, we're in a crazy world right now. And we need to listen to each other and he, he actually hear them. And I think we need to speak our truth. And I think we can have a better world because of it. So that's... That's the underlying message that I've gotten. What's next? I need to do another book. Um, that last wow. one took me so long, right? You've got it. So you've seen how big it is. <laughs> yeah, almost 500 pages. Uh, uh, right? Yes. It's so I've got, I got the book. I'm going to do a smaller one, but I, I've got more to say. And that kind of ties back into that message. If you've got something to say, there's an outlet for it. And sometimes it's a book, sometimes it's a podcast. And since I got more to say, it keeps me going, man, because, uh, I'm not 47 years old right now. I started 
well, it's a 91. So that's been almost 30 years. Wow. That's that's scary. That's amazing. Yeah. Freshman in school, right? Yeah. What is it going to be about the next one? What's the topic? I'm going to get more specific about podcasting. I've got some stuff that, mm-hmm. uh, th- the book is 93,000 words. I've already got about 120,000 words from that manuscript. A lot of it, speaking of editing, didn't make that book. It would have been much longer. So I've mm-hmm. got more episode notes and episode outlines rather to uh, help people organize episodes. I mean, I've got some stuff that I I think is going to be a little bit more specific, much like your podcast is specifically about doing interviews. I'm going to dive into that. I started uh, the big podcast book. And one of the reasons it's so big is because I needed, I kind of wanted my, um, uh, my place at the table. So I felt I needed to have that thud factor. Bam throw that book down, <laughs> you know, no, yeah, not yeah. do like a small book. And, uh, because of that, uh, it's a little bit bigger than yeah. a normal book I would do, but you know, here we are. Yeah. And I, I want to go deeper into some of that stuff. Wow. That's amazing. I, I wish you good luck with these aspirations and David, it's been a huge pleasure to have you on. Thank you. So yeah. Much. This is so great, man. I, I love it that more and more people get into podcasting and I, I didn't know where you were from until we just talked. I just knew that yeah. when I looked at your schedule, you were doing all these interviews at 2 or 3 a.m. my time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is great. Podcasting has spread. It is spread everywhere. So it's so great. To it's be- everywhere. Yeah. I mean, so great to be here. And thanks for the work that you're doing. And uh, I'm excited to see more from you. Maybe a book. Let me know. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, David. I appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Podcast Interview Mastery Show. If you feel inspired to hang out with other like-minded podcasters, make sure to join the Podcast Interview Nation community at mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview nation. If you want to check out the details, show notes, book recommendations, interview tips, and free resources, please make sure to head over to our website, mindsethorizon.com forward slash interview. I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. I will catch you next time. And until then, be world class, my friend.